This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner from somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, we've talked at length on this show about, you know, running in the fall in New England and how great it is. And, you know, I don't want to go on and on about that because I think we've we made our point clear. But what I will say is we're getting a little bit close. We're getting dangerously close, I would say, to like bright clothing reflector season right now. You know what I'm the the days are getting shorter. You're getting home from work, you're running out the door. We're getting we're getting close to the season where, you know, if you're not wearing some kind of reflection or a vest or something, then you know, you're a dope. And I don't like that. That is a scary, scary thing. So it just just food for thought there. Yeah, I mean I, I literally just went out for my run at five o'clock, still light out by the end of my run. It was pitch dark out, and I was I was actually dodging cars. So, yeah, it's it's uh it's that time of year. Be uh put some something reflective on. And as always at the house of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud? I am doing good, gentlemen. But you guys tell me how do how do I look, guys? You notice anything different about me? I mean, I can tell you how you sound. You sound like you're screaming at the top of your lungs. Well, that's not exactly the answer I was looking for. I can turn down my mic if that'll help the sound quality here, but. I got contacts. I'm with the contact guy now. Ah. Oh, I'm look, looking at the camera. Can you see it? Can you see it? But uh, it's a whole new me. I can see the world just like all differently. I actually got them because I'm, I would wear glasses when I needed it. But when I was playing softball, I was like, man, I'm having trouble seeing the ball. So it literally like sparked this, you know, super expensive uh, multi-trip to the eye doctor um, to see if I can increase my softball, you know, co-ed league batting average. Uh, you know, up out of the, the the bottom barrel that it is right now. So this right. is a business decision. This is a business decision for my okay. my professional softball career. Trent, I don't know, I don't know if I would have pegged you as a glasses guy. Like, I if if somebody came up to me and asked and said, "Does Trent wear glasses?" I don't know if I I just for some reason you don't seem like a glasses guy. I don't think well, I ever see you wearing them. I'm a big like bet on yourself guy, and so I <laughs> I, I, I trust my eyes, but. Uh, I, I like would wear them only when needed. Right. So driving at night, you know, I keep the pair in my car or if I'm going and I'm sitting in the, the absolute, uh, the, the bleacher seats at Fenway, I'd put them on, see it a little better. But now I'm noticing that I'm, I'm needing them just more and more. Now when I just go to the bar, you know, I got to have that big TV near me, um, or else it's just got to have the glasses in. So betting on myself is, I know when to get out. I, I rode the hot streak for a while. Now I'm getting out and I'm going to try the contact thing. Did, did you, you ever podcast, consider... just getting too old, man. You got yeah. to bump up that prescription. Did you ever consider going like a different eye color or anything like that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If it wasn't a big price thing, I would definitely be the guy <laughs> with the, you know, hot pink contacts. <laughs> Boys, we have registration live for the p2e virtual team race and big announcement we got a partner we are partnering with stoke performance for the p2e virtual race 
virtual team race this November. And guys, Stoke is a really cool company started by two college teammates. They got into this after college. They wanted to create some type of fuel and they, they eat peanut butter every single morning before their runs, before their races, but they wanted to create something that was a little bit healthier, fueled them a little bit better. So they created Stoke Performance, which is, uh, you know, all these different, different flavors of nut butter that are anti-inflammatory, whole food based, and nutrient dense and guys the stuff is delicious and you know i'm somebody that can relate to this you know every single morning before a race the first thing i'm going for is i'm going for the peanut butter whether i put it on toast put it on bagel have a little have it with a little bit banana and you know it's good enough it gets the job done but if i had something like stoke you know just take the place of my peanut butter that was a little healthier and, and prepare me for my race a little bit better. I'm sure I would have felt better. I would have raced better. So I'm super pumped to be partnered up with these guys. Dude, let me tell you a little something about Stoke performance. They sent us, uh, you know, some samples in the mail, a few jars of it and I had it and it's delicious, right? It's like, it combines, you can tell it's earthy and healthy, but it also is like sweet and delicious. So it's perfect combo. The problem with Stoke performances. And I guess it's not their problem. It's more my problem is that my wife is just sucking the jars down every day. There's just a new jar in the trash. She's eating it nonstop. She's putting it on everything. And I'm not even going to get like, I want to be able to come on the show and, and talk about it and tell you, but I barely even got to try it because my wife won't stop eating it. So that's, I'd say that's the big issue with Stoke performance. And additional point to add on stoke here is they're going to be awarding prizes along with the peak too early prize for the people for the teams that beat us and compete in the challenges they're going to be giving uh prizes to the winner of each week so they have three different flavors so the first week you're going to win is going to win the original flavor second week is going to win the cinnamon pecan which sounds delicious third week's going to win dark chocolate overall winner is going to win the three pack in addition to some other t-shirts and cool other swag so Check out stokeperformance.com and use promo code P2E for 10% off. Guys, go support the people that support us. All right, so Steve, I am, you know, on, on the train game. We're getting back into it. We're getting runs in. I was getting my little jogging tonight, and I passed this uh, older gentleman out for his, his, evening, his evening workout. And it, it kind of got me thinking here. You know, this is my new little segment. Every once in a while, I throw these little hypotheticals out there. But I always kind of thought, like, the old guy that I would be would be the, you know, washed-up runner, hasn't run in, like, 40 years, got a, a, a beer gut, and just kind of talks about the glory days. But this older gentleman, he was out there doing the power walk with, like, two-pound weights, and I kind of think I've changed my narrative on the kind of old guy I want to be, right? Because th- there's a lot of different guys you can be, right? You can be like the, the shuffling old man who's just out there getting it done. You can be like the stud who's like still crushing it into his like 70s and 80s. You can be, like I said, the glory days guy who just, you know, got the beer gut and talks about it. You can, you can be a yellow jacket, you know, official and try and stay in the game. I think I want to be the power walk and you know you do like a quarter mile power walk with your little weights i i think that's it i think i have discovered my my future athletic path there are a few things crazier than running with hand weights i i mean there 
I never, I don't understand this. What does running with the two pound weights do? It, it makes, first of all, he wasn't running. He was just power walking. And it, it gives you that, like, you're not, because if you just go for a little stroll, a walk around the, the neighborhood, you have a hard time justifying that that was a workout. And I'm not saying that this is making all the difference for him, but it's a mindset thing, right? He's getting out there every single day and he's powering along the, the you know, his little route there with his two pound weights getting it done and he's getting his work done every single day doing this and i i think that's it i don't think there's much difference between power power jogging power walking with two pound hand weights and the yellow jacket guys they oh, both of those both is, of those guys is, seem like the biggest no, hardos in the world that is the most outrageous thing you've ever said yeah i'm with michael on that one the the yellow jacket is a whole other species of hardo the the hand weight guy is just trying to get fit and look good but mike i'll tell you what the reason why you are changing your tune on what kind of old guy runner that you want to be is because you're already living out the first version of the old guy runner you're a washed up bum with you know get working on that beer belly a little bit that just likes to talk about the glory days not doing much running like you're doing that right now so enjoy it while you can and that's something you always strive to be just came you know 50 years earlier than maybe you originally anticipated and then you can move on to the next version of old guy runner which is yeah power walker two pound weights stopping but not to do like push-ups or abs but do some like weird stretch thing you know <laughs> finding like a tree to do you know god knows what on it but uh somewhere on the internet it's supposed to be good for your, your lower back or something like that that's the version that you can be in and i i like that guy and so i think i gotta know what what kind of old guy are you gonna be oh boy i'm gonna be a, a couple of variations of old guy i think i think i'm gonna be the old guy that's like working way too hard and and it kind of looks like someone needs to call 911 for them <laughs> like i i want to pretend like i still run at the same pace even though my body can't like handle it so you see them going by and at first you're kind of impressed and then you look a little closer and you see these like kind of wavering back and forth like just pushing the body to the ultimate limit to to you know feel that and then in between i kind of like the power walk guy you know, power walk. It's like I'm doing CrossFit, right? My own little ver variation of CrossFit with my made-up exercises that just makes me look good. You know, get out, get that fresh air. So I'm going to go a little bit back and forth. I'm going to try to play both sides of the playing field here. The days of me being the old guy absolutely crushing out there are well, well, they're well far gone. That That's not going to happen. I mean, my body's just way too decrepit at this point, and it's just it's the speed's never coming back. I'm going to be across somewhere between – you know, the, the glory gate, glory days guy and the shuffle guy. I'm going to get out there every once in a while, shuffle around that. That's just, that's what I'm destined to be. You know, I, I, you will never, never catch me jogging with hand weights. That's just not an option. We, we all know that one guy who's like, you know, well into his nineties and is still out there every day, just shuffling along. And, you know, in my mindset, I'm like, when I'm that age, I want to do nothing but sit on my couch and you know watch red sox games and fall asleep at you know 4 p.m this guy's out here shuffling every day so I, there's a lot of respect there and steve i could totally i think you're well on your way to, to be the shuffle guy the shuffler sure. shuffler just, steve i'm already there i mean I, I i went for i said i went for a run this afternoon but it wasn't much of a run so you know that's just that's just what we got to deal with these days so you know i'm going to do my best in the in the in the stoke performance virtual team race but it's uh 
I don't expect much from me. All right, boys, let's kick off the running news. All righty. So we had some pretty legitimate big races this past weekend. The first one we're going to talk about here, we have the World Half Marathon Championship where uh, Cheptegei took fourth place to Kip Limo, who is your fourth or your uh, World Half Marathon champion. And then on the woman's side, Paris Jepchuchir wins the Half Marathon World Championship and breaks the women's only world record. Gentlemen, what do we got for thoughts? Let's start on the men's side here. Uh, Cheptegei... I didn't know he was capable of losing. You know, this is a little bit outside of his his zone there, right? His 5K, 10K world records. Uh, so going out and run a half, like rationally, you should say, man, he can't he can't perform at the the best of the best on that level as well. Um, but I honestly was just surprised. I just assumed that somehow he would win because he seems unstoppable. So it tells us there is a window of how many events that you can dominate uh, at one time. This Kiplimo kid too, 19 years old. Like who the hell is this guy? And I get, you know, you get the Ingebrigtsen kids that can run fast miles and halves and whatever, uh, or half miles. But 19 years old to to go out there and, and run this fast uh, at a world championship in the half marathon, um, just just very impressive. I think you know whenever you break down the elite runners times in any distance, it's always going to be impressive. You know, you break down the the pace for a 5k, 10k marathon. It's always going to be impressive. But I think when you break down the top times in the world for the half marathon, that's the most impressive times to break down. So you break down uh, a 58 to, you know, uh, 59 minute uh, half marathon. What, what do you run? He ran 58, 49, Mike, somewhere in that range. Sounds about right. Yep. Okay. So, so, so he is on a sub 430 pace for 13.1 miles, right? Just try and wrap your brain around that. You do that for, you do that for a half marathon. You run under four minutes and 30 seconds per mile for 13.1 miles. That's just mind blowing. Totally agree. And I, I'm at the point where I don't even want to like break that stuff down anymore. I don't want to know how fast these guys are running. Cause then you do the whole thing. It's like, well, how fast, how long could I stick with them? And I don't want to know the answer to that. Um, I have said on this very podcast multiple times that Joshua chapter guy will be the greatest distance runner we watch in our lifetime. And if there's any haters out there, I'm going to get ahead of this that are coming at me. Cause he, you know, got beat by a 19 year old and didn't just lose. He came forth and yada, yada, yada. This guy just broke the 10 K world record like a week ago. Okay. So then he comes and he's competing at that, the half marathon stage. And I know he's a distance runner, but like the 10K, the 5K, 10K to the half marathon are, are two completely different disciplines. So the fact that he's even in the realm there and like in giving himself a chance to, to win that, I don't want to hear anybody give me a you know, hard time on my chapter to guy takes because I think that even just affirms it even more. He called out Mo Farah for not showing up which was a fire call out because Mo had run that one hour, how far can you get type of race just like a few weeks ago. So the guy was clearly in shape, right? And he got his world record for that. If can I call that a world record? Um, so I just love the confidence there. This is not even Chepta guy's event, right? He probably knew, you know, he probably had a shot at winning the half, but he's not going to be like, 
the the odds on favorite to go out there and take the championship like he was in a 5k or any kind of 10k right now um, but he still despite that is calling out mo and i absolutely loved it and this is what we need we need someone who calls his shots like that and who calls out other runners for not showing up on the biggest stage love it. i love that i love yeah. that move i love this guy i i don't know if i can make it any more clear how all in i am on chep the guy mo's been pretty quiet recently well i mean he did that he did that stupid like hour amount of miles you can run in, a, in a, an hour world record type deal but i think that i think that mo's starting to feel a little, a little bit and i think he's starting to get a little worried for uh for the olympics next year i don't know steve is that kind of some kind of sideways uh you know bashing of you know what you think mo may or may not be doing i just think mo's getting old you think he's being okay all right wouldn't be the first time that those allegations have been made on this podcast. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the real sport, cross country. And I think cross country is just all the way back at this point, as, oh, yeah. as far as from what I can tell, because the big meet this weekend, we had the OSU Invitational, and we had a rematch of the National Championship Showdown on the men's side, NAU versus BYU. Of course, we know BYU upset them last year at the championship. NAU putting themselves back on top, taking them down, reminding the college cross-country world that they are the number one program in the country. And then on the women's side, the BYU women just absolutely dominated. They are an absolute powerhouse too. So cross-country is, I mean, very, very back. I have so many thoughts here. First off, uh, what's the deal with the state, the spaced out starting boxes? So they have, they have a socially distant start line. So the, the starting boxes are like really far apart from each other. The gun goes off. And the first thing that happens is all the athletes come right together in a pack. So like the, the spaced out starting boxes don't make any sense to me. <laughs> if it's just going to like, if it's just going to like immediately, everybody's going to come together and start, you know, breathing and sweating all over each other. It doesn't make any sense, but yeah, Mike, this felt like real cross country watching the men and the women duke it out in those front packs, both great races. Um, I think that yes, NAU very strong. Uh, you know, they, they, they got the W, but BYU, I think is, is, is on pace to like potentially get another upset. Cause this guy, this kid Klinger came out of nowhere. He just came back from his BYU uh, mission trip. So they all, all the BYU kids go on a mission trip. I think it's like, it's a couple of years, right? I think it's like two, two years. Full years, I think. Yep. Yeah. It's like two to three years. So th this kid doesn't run. He's not racing for a couple of years. He comes back his first race back. He's in the lead pack for the entire race. And I think he finished fourth or fifth right behind Connor Mance. I mean, that's how, that's how BYU upset NA, NAU last year. They had the, they didn't necessarily have the, the same depth NAU had, but they were able to put those low numbers up there uh, way up on the way up on the leaderboard to get just enough points uh, in front of NAU. So this to me, while NAU won this race, BYU was kind of like the, the surprising standout. On the women's side, BYU women is just going to be an uh, absolute force. Uh, what's that girl's name that won? Whitney Orton? I mean, she's mm -hmm. just – she is the real deal, Holyfield. I mean, she's going to dominate this season. Um, 
uh, our guy Isa Isaiah whatever oh, Rodriguez. Up you front. knew I was going to talk about him. Yeah, for sure. I mean he's my guy. <laughs> I, he can't. I mean the thing is, can he stay healthy? I mean you know he's had injury problems in the past. He just seems to disappear at the end of seasons. I mean if he's going to be around, if he's going to be around all year racing at the racing at the front. I mean, and we also have to consider that this is a five month season. I mean we're going to be racing at the in in the spring. Um, end of the winter so if he's around there then then Oklahoma State is is, is going to be a contender as well I mean I know I just kind of vomited a lot there but there's so many thoughts going on after this weekend's cross oh but to to that Oklahoma State is way better than I thought that they were and mystery man Isa I mean th- this guy baffles my mind because on any given day he can finish in last or he can win the national championship you just never know what you're going to get with this guy so I feel like that's probably a like scary, frustrating thing for Oak State. But to your point, Steve, if he is running like he can, and we know that that means that he could be a national champion, I mean, if you put one on the board, and then Oak State's got this solid depth behind him, I mean, you have to insert them into the, this NAU-BYU conversation here, for sure. I mean, they beat BYU. Yeah, I mean, but the with Rodriguez, I you need you need to feel like your top guys reliable, right? So like I'm not ready to I'm not ready to put them in the conversation unless he can prove that he's he's reliable. But if he's there, if he's reliable, you're absolutely right. They they will be in the mix. The thing is though, he's been at the top of his game as a freshman and sophomore and the kid's only a junior. So this is the type, this is the, you know, the start of when he needs to start being reliable. I don't think we can look back at his freshman year or his junior or sophomore year and say, all right, this kid, you know, unreliable. If he can't do it this year, if he can't make it happen this year, all right, then start having that conversation. But I'm not ready to rule out the mystery man yet. The rest of us will have that conversation. Mike, we all know you are in Rodriguez corner till the end, no matter what happens. You are a super fan of mystery man. Rodriguez. Uh, My two takeaways on the women's side. Yeah. I don't care that there wasn't like elite competition for BYU at that race. They went one, three, five, six, seven, eight, 11. That's, that's incredible. No matter who's getting out there. Uh, and then on the men's side, just excited for the rivalry between the two BYU and NAU. But something to keep in mind that I was kind of refreshing myself on, on what nationals is going to look like, what cross country is going to look like this year. Uh, no automatic qualifiers for NCAAs. So it's all about these like invitationals that teams are going to do mm-hmm. that's going to get schools to it. So these early season meets, I mean, I don't even know if you call it early season, whatever you call it, anything in, in the fall, basically, or even in early um, – you know, early 2021, they're all kind of have like an extra layer of intrigue. Cause if you have any kind of school that surprises that, that has a good performance and that really matters for them to go to nationals. And I don't know how many teams are going to get invited to nationals this year, but I would assume it's less than what we've seen in the past. So like a good dominant performance, like by Oklahoma state is huge because that's going to get them, you know, a, a locked in for nationals. I mean, obviously BYU and NAU were going to go there, but some of these other schools, these meets really matter. A uh, couple other notes here, uh, you know, from, we, we talked a little bit about NA, NAU, but, you know, Lewis, how do you pronounce his last name? Grijalva, uh, Gri, ha, Hal, I think it is. I think like it's, it. yeah, Grijalva, Grijalva. Yeah, I mean, very dominant. He looks super strong out there. I mean, seeing him at front, up front with the, with the long flowy hair kind of blowing in the wind. Um, he looks fast. He looks fit. He looks ready to roll. Uh, we didn't get to see our first appearance from 
uh, Nico Young, the the high school phenom, is with NAU now. Um, so he he didn't race. So he's somebody to keep in mind as we kind of get get into the winter and we start getting towards uh, championship season. That NAU does have this stud phenom on their bench that they're kind of waiting and resting. So, um, you know, if he can, if he can kind of come out in championship season and, and score for, for NAU, I mean, it might be a wrap then and there. I don't know if I've officially like had this take before, but I could not be rooting harder against NAU. I mean, <laughs> I, the more I like talk myself into it, I just feel like I'm all in on Oak state. Like, obviously I'm still Mizzou through and through SEC cross country. That's where it's at. But if we're looking at like the big picture, big thing here, I'm I'm riding with my man, the mystery man, and I just any you just there's something about it. It doesn't do it for me. And like the hype around Nico Young, I just I can't get behind it. I'm not saying I'm rooting for anybody to fail here. I just like we have blown this kid up, and we don't talk high school cross country, so this is really the first we've ever talked about him. But the hype around this kid is unbelievable. I just can't buy that it's the real deal. It, it, it feels like this kid is so unproven at this point, and I just can't, I can't believe it's the real deal at this point. And this is the first time we've talked about Nico Young on the podcast because That's what I'm saying because why we, talk we have a rule we don't talk we don't talk high school, yeah. yeah so we don't talk high school high school running. So uh, welcome to the conversation, Nico Young. Yeah, and come yeah. off it, Mike. Welcome, welcome in a big way. We're conversing against you. We're a podcast that's not afraid to call out our enemies and root against them openly. We are you're an anti-Nico Young podcast. I, that's not my take. That's Mike. I'm just saying what Mike really meant to say. I'm, I'm the very the very first Nico Young take on this show was an anti-Nico Young take. Love it. <laughs> I'm going to ride that until he's like a three-time Olympian. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, anything else before we uh, wrap up here? No, like you said, like you said at the top of this uh, topic is uh, this got me excited. Like I, this felt like fall. This felt like cross country season. Watching those packs up front on the men and the women's side duke it out. It was just a ton of fun. All right, that's all we got for the news. All right, so we interviewed our guy Rob Ford, formerly of the New York New Jersey Track Club. Um, what did you guys think of this conversation? He kind of he kind of dropped some uh, some breaking news on us. Rob's awesome. First of all, he's the coolest guy. And, you know, there's some interviews that you come into and you just, you, you're not really sure what to expect. And Rob just delivered had blast talking to, but I definitely was not expecting him to, to break news here on peak too early. And that was pretty, that was pretty wild. Big J journalist moment for peak <laughs> too early right there. I mean, I felt so legitimate when he came out. First off, I felt underprepared because I was like, oh, we probably should have known this, but I don't think it had been released anywhere else. Uh, I don't know if we were, were, you know, just previewing it too much here, but he had some news about where he was going to be running. Um, so it, it was fun to get into that. And then it was fun to hear a little bit more about, you know, opening up and showcasing who he is to everybody. Yeah, definitely one of the guys that, you know, came on here that just kind of gelled with us instantly and it was just a free-flowing conversation. A lot of fun, so let's talk to him. This is pretty good, honestly. Yeah. We lost him in 30 seconds. I mean, this could have been another Mike tragedy. from the clouds. We lost oh, the official introduction. Thank goodness. But... Oh, God. All right, so you're just telling us you're at, you're, at, uh, you're, you're at Penn State right now? Yeah, I'm at Penn State now. So are you still with New York, New Jersey? I'm not. 
Uh, oh, okay. Breaking news. Here yeah. we go. Yeah, I don't think I've, I've like mentioned anything about it. So yeah, I guess I'm breaking it now. But um, yeah, so things at NJNY, they're, you know, broke down for the most part, um, as far as like the club in general. So, uh, you know, I decided probably earlier into like, right when like COVID started happening, essentially. I remember like I was in Phoenix for two months for a training camp, got back, everything got canceled. Uh, like March and so then at that point you know I was just thinking all right well not start thinking about next year and you know I great friends with Isaiah Harris and Joe White who train here and so those are like two of my best buds and they've been trying to convince me to train with them for years now so you know I thought if there was ever a time to make the switch you know why not in the middle of 2020. Very cool. So has that been like any kind of like uh switching philosophy for you too you know sometimes when you're with a different group of guys and you know maybe a different like coaching staff or you kind of do things your own way at this point has that been you know different and refreshing for you yeah I think it's been great honestly like you know it was it was a big change coming from SC over to New York you know that in itself was just like a shift in, its, in itself and then the training philosophy you know I went from running 40 miles a week at max to like you know at times I was hitting 60 when I was in New York and then, you know, it was kind of weird in the middle of my season this year, just got flipped again back to like a little bit more of like a college style program, which I think just works best for me. Um, you know, not as volume intensive, but you know, it's, it's been a good switch so far, you know, uh, next obviously proven to be a great coach. And so, you know, it's been, it's been a smooth transition. He's a great guy. And then, you know, as far as like, I have two of my best friends here as well. So like, just the environment, you know, it's like we're just having fun every day, pretty much just running. It's, it's, it's good competition. So how do you like being out in state college? A little bit of a difference than New York City. And, and I, I really think it's just like the Penn State football is the only thing that goes on there. So like, how is that? I was so disappointed when they were like, oh, yeah, all the games are tradition for And so I was like really upset. But I, I guess they're like starting to come back around. So hopefully everything's going by the Ohio State game. But um, it's it's I like it a lot, actually. You know, it's uh being in LA for four years and then going to New York for like a year and a half, two years, it was like being in big cities, it's a little stressful. And um, I'm originally from South Texas, so it's a little more spread out down there. So this actually feels like a little bit more like home per se. So it's like, you know, it's a little slower pace, more chill. I, I enjoy it. Pennsylvania, like Texas. I don't think I've heard that before, but. I think, I think in, in the sense of the space, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> I would, that was actually going to be my next question because you, like you said, you're, you're from Texas, you go to school in, in Southern California, then you go out to New York City. I got to imagine it's quite the culture shock. What was the toughest thing to get used to going to New York? The cold. The yeah. cold. So tough. I mean, I saw snow for the first time in, 2019, in 2018, 2019, when I, like, when I was just sitting there, like my roommates were making fun of me because I was just like, I put a chair next to the window and I'm just like sitting there watching all this fall and I'm like, what is going on, bro? It was insane. It was, it was it was nice at first, and then I had to shovel my driveway, and I was upset. But yeah, that, that was definitely the toughest part. Just like having to force myself to get up and go run, and it's like 25 out. I'm just like, this is. It took a lot of getting used to. The three of us are all from the Boston area, so fellow Northeasterners. And every time I go to like Southern California, I get off the plane. It's just like, wait, why do people live anywhere else? <laughs> it, honestly, it's like. But the the good thing is like. The thing that like moving up to like New York and the Northeast and stuff like that, like it made me appreciate good weather. So like I got spoiled in Southern Cal. It's like every day, like I'd walk outside and like I wouldn't even think about like 
the weather because I was like, it's just gonna be nice out. So it's just kind of like routine. So now, like when it's like high fifties, I'm like, hell yeah, let's go! Like wearing shorts and a t-shirt, I'm excited. So you know, kind of on that topic, we uh, we're big believers in in the swag game when it comes to running, right? You gotta you gotta look good, feel good, feel good, run good, and uh, I you know I think you clearly rock the swag game big time like it's clearly part of you know your your style out there let's keep it on this theme of cold weather how are you adapting to like the cold weather gear what is your go-to you know it's 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 five below out there and you got to get out there for a you know eight mile jog what do you what are you going for your go-to cold weather swag all right so you gotta throw on the half zip the half okay. zip. you know you don't go hoodie you don't go like crew neck you gotta go half zip you still gotta look sleek you know and then just long tights with the half tights under, so you're not having like the like the short shorts bundled up, because it like looks kind of looks like I'm wearing a diaper kind of thing. Um, long socks, but like a little space, a little bit of space between the sock and the long tights. All right, and then gloves. But like, I get made fun of a lot actually. Like when we would practice on the track, I'd be wearing like the long tights with the gloves, sometimes a beanie. But like, I would the last thing I'm gonna take off is my gloves. So like there'd be times I'd be like short shorts no shirt and gloves and like I just look like an absolute you know <laughs> idiot out there with just gloves on it's like <laughs> I'm getting made fun of and they're like dude you're gonna freeze I'm like as long as my hands are okay that's all I care about it, I don't know for somebody who has spent such a little time running in, in the cold weather you got it figured out that was like the perfect cold weather over there and just the right mindset so um, <laughs> my other swag question for you is I feel like it's you know, almost a given in this day and age that if you're a mid distance guy, right? Primary 800 guy, you're usually going half tights, right? You got to go half tights. You seem like a big short shorts guy. Is that like a conscious decision or like what's going on there? I like got introduced them for the most part, like later in college, it was just like, you know, I was just used to it. It was just like the culture. I see it's like, it's a sprint school. So it's like, you never see anybody wearing short shorts. And then like, you know, I kind of like branched out a little bit and, started like, you know, going places over the summer with my friends, like training and stuff. And I was like, everyone's rocking short shorts. I'm like, uh, I'll see what they're about. And it just felt so free. It felt so free. I was like, I like it. Like for me, it was like a rite of passage. It's like, okay, now I'm like a mid D distance guy. Like now, now I'm the real deal. And so like, you know, everyone wears the half tights. So I'm like, you know, I'll screw it. I'll like, I'll rock the short shorts. I like it. it like the, my favorite thing was rocking the short shorts with the tight top. I don't, I don't know why it was it's just mix it up a little bit. <laughs> I feel like the, the half tights kind of move their way from the sprints up into the distance, you know, the distance events. Now it's starting to come back around where the distance or the sprint athletes are adopting the split shorts. And I love it. Absolutely. I mean, you see guys like Grant Holloway rocking, you know, split shorts in the hurdles and like in the four by four and stuff. And it looks cool. Like, I, I think it looks cool. So like, you see like all, like all these sprinters, they look up to these types of guys and they're wearing short shorts. So it is kind of, it's very funny. Like even Trayvon Brumel, it's like, I remember like when he was at Baylor, rock the short shorts. And so it was like a definite shift in culture. And so it's like, you see all these guys running the 5k, 10k and like body suits and all like, it's crazy. I couldn't do it. <laughs> all right. I wasn't sure I was going to bring this up, but I love where this conversation is going. We're talking <laughs> style here and Mike's breaking down, you know, what kind of clothes you're wearing. Uh, so a great Instagram picture of yourself, you know, just a few posts back was, was you <laughs> looking out the ocean and a lack of all clothing whatsoever. And so I just need to break <laughs> down that picture real quick, Rob. Um, first off, where did the chair come from? Like, it was a nice chair. Did you know you were taking that picture ahead of time? So we were on, I, I went up with Isaiah up to his hometown in Maine 
And so uh, one of the things we were like, okay, we got to go to Peaks Island, just like an island off of Portland, Maine. And uh, we're just riding our bikes around. We're like, we, we had the camera, we're taking cool pictures and stuff. And I'm like, we're riding past and there's like this little path that just goes down to like that rocky beach in the picture. And like, I just see a chair there. And like, literally like, it, I didn't even have to think about it. The first thing popped in, I was like, dude, I want to take a naked picture on that chair. <laughs> I don't know what like compelled me to say that or think that at all. And like, I said it and thank God he's a good friend of mine. Cause he like looked at me a little weird. He was like, all right, fine. <laughs> just like sitting there. He's like, hurry up, like looking around. Cause like someone's house is like right across the road, like right behind it and kind of up. So it's like, if they were to like walk out and like look down kind of, they would just see this kid naked in a chair in front of their house, which I'm, they might use, but you know, I don't know. It was, it was, uh, it was an interesting picture. It, it took me like, I sat on Instagram, like, you know, like you post it, you like make the caption. I sat on that one screen for probably like an hour. And I was like, should I post this? Should, should I, do this? And I was like, ah, oh, screw it. <laughs> so you had the house behind it. And then again, that clear. But you had the house behind it. And then there's also a sailboat, like right out in front of it. Right. So I don't know if you're waving to the people as they go by, but I thought that was an interesting element of well. So I guess really everyone, you got to follow Rob on Instagram because this is the kind of stuff you get. Not other runners are posting this gold material. <laughs> Yeah, it's a treat. It's a treat for all my followers. <laughs> Love it. We asked so, the hard-hitting questions here. That's right. That's right. So <laughs> you, you dropped the bomb on us at the beginning of the interview, and I, I kind of want to circle back and ask you a little bit about it. So is, is there any bad blood with, with New York, New Jersey? What kind of what spurred that change? Why did you feel like you needed to make that jump? Um, so, I mean, I went there after I graduated in 2018, and um, I was coming off like a pretty hot year that year, you know, I'd, Made my, I went to my first U.S. championships, made it to the final, and I was like, okay, well, you know, I was, I was, you, you get that momentum, you just want to keep the ball rolling, you know, like, it's, it's just like the mentality I have, and so getting out to New York, New Jersey, it was, uh, I didn't have a great first year, and so, you know, a lot of times, it's just like, okay, well, it's my first year out, different weather, different training, it's a lot of things to adjust to, and a lot of people in my ear telling me that, and so I was like, okay, well, like, we'll attribute it to that, and, you know, like, I barely ran 146 that year and I was like all right well that's not how I expected things to go and so you know the next year comes and things are going a little bit better than they're not in training wise and this and that and there's a little bit of um, other things going on in the team and so at a certain point you know um, coach Gags Frank Agliano is my coach and he was just we sat down and he just told me he's like look this may not be you know like where you should be as far as like the training and this, this and that, and, you know, I had two of my teammates there, Chris Giesti and Jesse Garn, they were retiring. And so essentially it was going to be me training alone as, as far as like 800 guys there. Um, Cause even my other teammate, Ryan Manning, he's more of like an 815 guy, but like really heavily towards the 15 side. Like I was, I'm more of like a true hundred runner, I guess. Like I'm not going to run you a stellar 400. I'm probably not going to run you like a totally stellar 1500 either. And so I was really the only like true 800 guy training there. And so, you know, he just called me randomly one day, which was like very interesting. Cause like the night before he called, I remember like, I was laying in bed and I was like, man, should I make a move? Like, what should I do? Cause it's, I don't, I don't want to waste any years essentially. And so it was crazy. I finished my run the next morning. He calls me and he's like, look, I know you get along really well with Isaiah. I know, you know, you coach, you know, coach Gondak and, me, Isaiah, and Joe were in Phoenix earlier that year together for two months uh, training. And so, you know, he was like, have you ever thought of like going there and training? And I was like, yeah, no, I have. And so that's kind of how the ball got rolling. We're both 
kind of like in agreement, like if I'm going to be the best runner I'm going to be, I have to like be in a different environment or like, you know, have that competition every day and just be somewhere where I, you know, I'm fully bought into the training. And so there was definitely no bad, bad blood at all. Um, I still talk to Gags frequently. I still talk to Tommy a lot. Um, Kyle Merber was just up here today and we went on a jog, you know, like me and all the guys are still very close. So, you know, there's no blood, but bad blood at all. It was just one of those decisions you have to make for the best, like for your career at that point. That's, that's half the battle, right? Like on a pro career and when, you know, your window is only so big and you only get so many chances, you know, on the, the big stage to go to the Olympics and stuff like that, knowing what you need, Mm-hmm. that's that's just as important as you know the training the miles the track workouts and all that stuff right exactly it's like it's one of those things like my college coach coach henner i mean he told me like you can give the most talented guy in the world the best training in the world and if he's sitting there and questioning it and just isn't fully bought in or just isn't happy where he's at he's not going to run well and you know i really took that to heart and you know i even through that whole process i was talking to henner who's like a great friend of mine now and you know, just a mentor to me, you know, he suggested the move as well. And so at that point with them in my ear and then my two guys here, just, you know, everything just came together and Gondek was very excited to have me over here. And yeah, now I'm in the middle of Pennsylvania. Does your new crew have a name? So we're, we're, we're trying to figure this out. We were like, you know, we put a poll up on Instagram uh, like a week or two ago and we're, you know, cause we've been like, tr- we were thinking like, Oh, should we just like, you know, kind of like vlog or document, like our whole lead up to Olympic trials. And so we're like, you know, we put up a poll, see people be interested and we got like a very good response. So we're like, all right, well, let's do it. You know, we already have the camera, we have the technology and everything. So we might as well just send it on a YouTube channel or something. So we're, we're currently trying to figure out our, our, uh, our team name. We have some not so politically correct names, but let's go with those that sounds fun <laughs> I know. We wish. We wish. <laughs> do you do you feel like the so it sounds like it's something you're, you're gonna enjoy doing is you know building a, a brand here but do you feel pressure as well i mean you're a pro runner and part of your job is to run as fast as you possibly can the other part is just to get more eyeballs on you so are you feeling that pressure to kind of create an identity at, for you guys out in state college um a little bit yeah i mean it's like i feel like we have a good opportunity to um for the most part, I feel like we have a pretty decent following. and I feel like we're pretty personable people. So I feel like it might work. Um, but I, I, I think it's more just, I don't think we feel like the pressure coming from like sponsors or anything like that. For the most part, it, it helps. You know, it's definitely something we've thought about. You know, it's, it's uh, you see it a lot. I mean, people, the more eyes you have on you, the more followers you have, the more, you know, your name is out there in their clothing. It's, you know, the more valuable you are. And so, you know, when sometimes you're not always running, sometimes you get hurt, contracts are up, all that stuff. So like when you're, you have 10,000 followers, when you have this massive following or, you you know, people are looking at you all the time, that stuff plays a role into you getting signed again. So it's like those types of things we definitely think about, you know, you have to think about them because at the end of the day, this is our livelihood. So um, I'd say it plays a role. I don't think we really see it as pressure. I mean, the way we all like act with each other and just like, I guess like the environment at the house and just at the track all the time. It's like, we're just having fun. So any, like any ideas we come up with or, you know, the YouTube channel or however we can get our name out there, our group out there. It's like, it's all fun. And I mean, sure. what, what other sport can you create the culture of the team? 
So that that's kind of cool where you guys get to start from scratch. You're just like, you know, we get to build our team. We get to build the culture that we train in and live in every single day. Exactly. So like that, that's like what we're most excited about. That was like the first thing we talked about. It's like, well, how, like, how do we want to portray ourselves? You know, it's like, it's a great opportunity. Like you get to like actually just make your own brand. You're not on, you know, the Pacers, you have to wear these colors and you know, this is how it goes. It's like, no, I get to like pick my team. I'm like LeBron out here. I'm like, I want this guy, this guy. I'm building a super team and this is what's going to, this is what it's going to be. So it's like, it's really exciting, you know? So it's a, uh, couldn't do it in many other sports or it's a good time to take advantage of it. For sure. Yeah. It's like the, it seems like the sport's kind of shifting a little bit in where, you know, you can have these super talented, like high level teams, Bowerman track club type teams, but what people are, really interested in right now is like the personality of the athletes right and that's why that's a huge reason why we're doing what we're doing here we want to showcase personalities but it seems like um there's a big rise in you know teams that are super open and putting themselves out there and you know are cool guys like yourself and just like you know people that we can relate to it's like oh yeah like that he watching you know rob and his teammates reminds me of you know my friend group and the, the runs we go on. Oh, so yeah. yeah i mean like is that i i guess does that guy come naturally to you guys and i'm sure that plays a huge role in you know your youtube channel and the 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 ride you guys are about to to go on here with that right oh yeah absolutely i mean like that was like the first thing we said we're like if we're gonna do this like we we can't be trying to push some agenda we can't be you know, trying to act a certain way in front of the camera. It's like, uh, we have a YouTube channel. It's not going to be rated PG. Like, you know, like we, we, we curse. Sometimes we drink a beer after our long runs. Like, you know, it's like there's, you know, we don't eat perfectly every day. We don't go to bed at 930 every night. It's like where I think it would be a good opportunity for people to see it. Like people, you know, like not all these like professional track athletes are just robots that just like eat perfectly every meal go to bed perfectly every night you know drink water and whatever all day it's like no sometimes I like to enjoy a beer and you know sometimes I like a pizza and sometimes I want to stay up till one and you know I spend a couple hours a day maybe playing Warzone. it's like you know it's like I, I we're normal people and like that's what we want people to see but it's like we also go to the track and try to kill every workout you know I also stretch every day I do my core but it's like I do all these other little things right, but it's like, I'm also human. And like, I feel like that's like the aspect we bring to it. And like, that's what we really want to show. And I feel like that's like what we would play off of the most. And it's like, another cool thing is that when we posted the thing on our story, um, we got a lot of responses from a lot of high school athletes or college athletes that were black, you know, and they were like, yo, this is dope because like a lot of the guys are like our runners and do YouTube channels and this, this and that they're mostly white, you know? And, I don't think that's a problem, but like, I feel like it, like for that demographic, it's cool for them to like see themselves represented in, you know, this uh, small elite group of athletes. So it's like, they get to see what we get to do on a daily basis. Like, you know, like we go to different barbers, you know, we do different things throughout the day. It's like, you know, we dress a little differently. It's, so it's like cool. I feel like it'd be cool for them to see that stuff. Um, so yeah, it was like, that was like probably some of the coolest responses we got and like, all this was just like fuel for us to like be like, okay, we have to do this now. Like it'll, it'll actually be, you know, make an impact to some people. 
Yeah, I think pulling back the curtain is huge. I mean, that's a huge reason of why we're doing what we're doing because we think uh, people like to see, you know, what Rob is all about just as a person in addition to, you know, maybe what he's doing on the track, but we're not going to get into like your workouts and splits because we think it's interesting to kind of find out who you are as a person. And then just being coming from like as as a black athlete, putting yourself out there again, like pulling the curtain back on something that people aren't necessarily seeing because, you know, they're not getting that same perspective from, you know, Steve, Mike, and I, as we do that podcast. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it sounds like almost like a similar mission there of just trying to just put ourselves out there. And I think it just gets, you're going to get success with that. People, people really like to pull back the curtain and see what, what life is like for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it just goes back to the whole thing. We're humans too. And, you know, if we can represent a certain kids, inspire a certain kids and see, show kids, you know, like, I don't think any one of us came from, you know, phenomenal backgrounds. You know, we, Zay's from a small town in Maine, Joe's from a small town in Jersey. I'm from, you know, tech in the middle of Texas. It's like, you know, we all came from fairly small places and pretty humble beginnings. So it's like, I think it'd just be cool for, to show like, you know, a lot of these black high school athletes that, you know, it, it's possible. And so, you know, I think, I think that's like a big motivation for us right now. Absolutely. And I think, I think people, the people following the sport, the fans of the sport are looking for something different. They're looking for a different story because you're right. It has been traditionally the same story and over and over again. So I'm excited to see it. Awesome. Yeah. I see. I love to hear that. There we go. (laughs) What site's not going to be PG too. So can you give us some of those inappropriate non PC names you were throwing around? (laughs) Okay. So like they weren't necessarily non PG names, but it was like, so like the, the, the running joke for a while, like another one of our friends is Donovan and it was like just talking about like oh light skin track club because we're literally all just like light skin guys I was like I was like I don't know if like that's a, like I don't know if we're gonna like sell a lot of t-shirts and just say light skin. <laughs> <laughs> you know like or like what what happens when the team actually like gets big somehow or like you know like now we bring other guys in and we can only bring light skin guys in at this point <laughs> I don't know if we can do all that so <laughs> Yeah, that might get you into trouble. Yeah, so we're trying to think of, you know, something still kind of funny and, like, you know, something not so serious, but, you know, definitely a little more professional. I like it. I like it. So I, I do, be, before we kind of we, we wrap things up here today, I did want to make sure I asked you about kind of the state of mid-distance running in the USA because I think it's, it's for somebody that's a mid-distance runner in the United States right now, it's got to be a blessing and a curse because I feel like we're in this golden age of mid-distance runners. You got like two of like two young athletes and Donovan Brazier and Bryce Hopple that are on their way to being like two of the greatest of all time. And you got to go up and compete against them every single, you know, every single day and, you know, and every single big meet. What's your mindset? Is your mindset being like, I gotta, I gotta shoot for, I gotta shoot for, for number three on the podium, or I got to get in a place where I can compete with these guys it's you just have to compete it's like it's yeah. one of those things where like you know even when they made the standards faster it's like you, you don't have a choice like it's either you're like you sit there and complain about it or like you say well it was me or you say no I, I still have to get the standard you know so it's like it's uh it's it's frustrating at times just because like you know we're competitors and it's like you know to go see Bryce or whoever go around like 143 you're like ah oh, shit like I, I like <laughs> you know but at the end of the day, it's like, all right, well, I guess I have to run a little bit faster tomorrow on my steady run. It's like, you know, it's there. You just have to react at the end of the day. And so, like, whether that means I have to sleep more, I have to run, you know, practice harder, lift a little bit more, it is what it is. And you just have to compete. And like you were saying, like, for the trials, 
you have you have to aim to like put yourself in the position to win. It's like if you're if you're shooting, you know, your 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 highest possible goal there is to get third. You know, you fall a little short, you're fifth. You know, it's like you have to just constantly put yourself in a position in whatever race you're in, especially at the trials to, you know, win the race. And it's it's an Olympic year. It's the Olympic trials. You never know what can happen. You know, I mean, like you put yourself in there to win it. You see it all the time. Guys just stick their nose in there and just race hard. And all of a sudden they're on their way to the Olympics. So it's, it's one of those things where why not me? You know, just I'm going to show up. I'm going to put my nose in it every round. And in that final five minute, then I, I'm just going to have to send it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Very cool, man. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a ton of fun. We love talking with you, but we end every interview with a quick game. So, Mike, kick off down the home stretch. All right. Down the home stretch, rapid fire questions. Uh, you know, we go a lot of different ways with this one. We're going a real dumb way with this one. I, I got to be honest with you, but I think it's going to be funny. Your last name's Ford. So, yeah. we're going with car questions. Ooh, okay. Trent, hit him with the first question. How often do I actually have to change my oil? Are they ripping me off by saying every 3,000 miles? Totally. Definitely ripping you off. Thank you. So are you more of like an F-150 guy or a Mustang guy? Mustang. Okay. Yeah, of course. You're a track athlete. Yeah, come on. <laughs> but I didn't know because of Texas. I don't know. I, I, do, I, do love, I do love a Ford Raptor. I'll say it. Okay. But, but the new Mustangs are sick. All right. Uh, how fast is the fastest you've ever driven in a car? <laughs> oh, oh, man. I hope my mom doesn't see this. <laughs> uh, the fastest I've gone is 135. Whoa. Whoa. That is blazing. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a – in L.A., there's this, like, cool place you can go and, like, test out, like, just, like, fast cars, essentially. And I remember I was on a Lotus Elise and – you can just like send it essentially I'm like on this like massive oval track and yeah it was terrifying I never want to do it again sounds awesome all right other than go 135 um what's something you do while driving that you shouldn't do oh man daydream <laughs> I like that I'm thinking a lot <laughs> either that or like singing way too loud with the windows down like mm -hmm. I'm like yelling that <laughs> And like, especially in state college, I mean, like, it's just like crowds of people walking to class and I'm just like yelling the most ridiculous songs. So your, your former teammate, Kyle Merber, is always posting pictures of his just hunk of junk car that's just falling apart. <laughs> Can you please tell him that it's time to upgrade? It's time to get a new car and get rid of that thing? I told him that earlier today. Like, <laughs> right. I was like, I remember I made a comment a while back that like he has a Columbia sticker along the back. And it is just completely faded. Like, it's gone, but like you can still see, like, where it was. And so it's like, I remember, like, I told him a while back, I'm like, as soon as the sticker's completely gone, it's time to get a new car. I saw him today, and it was completely gone. Like, like the remnants were still there, but it's, it's gone. So I'm hoping you upgrade soon. Okay. Okay. All right. On a scale of 1 to 10, how do you rate the movie Cars? Nine. That's right. a, yeah, it's a great I movie. Phenomenal. All of them. I love them all. Trent, to hit him with the last question. All right, Rob. What would your friends rate you one to ten on your skill of driving? Like, you a good driver, bad driver? Oh, ten. I, 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 I'm like, so I'm, I'm obsessed with motorsports. Like, I'm like a big like Formula One guy. It's like my favorite sport. It's like in my living room, I have like a racing rig kind of set. Like, it's like I have a chair, the pedals, the wheel, and everything. 
and so like my, my friends are very trusting of me actually so <laughs> i would hope they give me a pen here we go mike what a what a category i know. nailed it yeah <laughs> no, that was perfect you said cars and i was like perfect let's go so what's, what's your dream car my dream car nissan gtr okay. like the nismo version which is like not street legal so like i'll never <laughs> have one but <laughs> yeah, i wish did you have a car in new york city or did you go without a car i know i said last question but no, yeah, I, uh, I have, I drove up from Texas in my Volks, my 2013 Volkswagen Passat. <laughs> okay, very nice. <laughs> We're going to have to hit you up for some, like, gambling advice on some F1 stuff. Once, <laughs> yeah, that's once right. Once we get into that, I'm sure we will. Chris Geesting, like, we're always talking about, like, gambling and stuff for that. We have, we have a fantasy F1 team. <laughs> <laughs> you do? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> very nice, cool. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a ton of fun. It's been great chatting with you. No, no, we wish you the best of luck. Absolutely, guys. Great interview with our guy Rob. There, um, we we kind of we talked a little bit about it in the interview. We 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 don't always know like what direction to go with the down the home stretch there. Or, uh, you know, and just kind of like if we can find something interesting about them that we kind of throw it out there. We didn't have anything. And so at the last second, Mike was just like, oh, his last name's Ford. Let's do cars. Turns out the guy's a huge car guy. And he's like auto sports is like one of his favorite things. So that just kind of happened, you know, by chance there. Absolutely nailed it. (laughs) By design. I, uh, you know, I'm a strategic genius. Um, You know, that's why they put me in charge of the show notes because – you know, I just, I got an intuition, uh, you know, a, a mind for these type of things. So yeah, I mean, no, no big deal. Um, but just, uh, you know, planning genius, I would say. How does a guy from Texas get into F1? Like why <laughs> isn't he a NASCAR fan or, or any other sport on say like football, right? Basketball He's from San Antonio, I think. How do you get into F1? So uh, do you, do you guys know anything about F1 racing? Yeah, it's like you can't pass each other the whole time. It's just a it's bunch a of... wild sport. Like everything about it though is is crazy. Like they, I got a buddy who's super into it. And I don't claim to be some like F one expert. We should probably have Rob on again later if we really want to break this down. But they have like all these like weird rules and like it, they have like a relegation system, like a you know EPL type reg reg. reg am, I, am I saying that wrong? Yeah. Whatever. Where like you know a certain companies come in and out and like constantly it's like a money battle try and get these top spots and the all the physics and crap behind like it it, you if you take a deep dive into f1 racing you will go for hours and hours it is fascinatingly strange and different but i mean it's a wild sport that's all i'm trying to say here all right. Apparently, apparently, Trent thinks they can't pass each other. I don't know. If I just see like him that. going out there. And it's like there's no room to pass. The turns are so tight. You know, I like NASCAR at least. There's big wide banks. They can go up and around each other. There's like it's team racing too, which is kind of cool. I don't know anything about it, but it's team racing. So they like two on two type. I don't know. Whatever. I was country with cars. You sold. Yeah, exactly. That's it. <laughs> I think it's one of those things. Once you figure it out and learn how the sport works, people love it. It's just like learning to understand it is the, is the difficult part. So guys, I got a bone to pick with the listeners here. I, yeah, threw, I threw something out pretty, you know, pretty crazy. I said that you had the opportunity to pick a tattoo that I was going to put on my body forever. 
and not many people took me up on it. There's a couple that came through, a couple tattoo suggestions in the iTunes reviews. So for those that don't know what I'm talking about, I said that we need a way to increase our iTunes reviews. And I said, my birthday is November 9th. And between the time that I said this and my birthday, if we can get 250 reviews on iTunes review, I was going to get a tattoo on my body. And what you could do is in the review, put a suggestion for what I should get tattooed. And it had to be P2E related, but it could be anything P2E related. And from those reviews, Mike and Trent were going to pick what I got tattooed on my body forever. And not that many came through. There was a couple, you know, cover art, you know, we get the P2E cover art, you know, which is just great. Like that's kind of an easy way out, but not, not many came through. Steve, I, uh, first off, I'm impressed that this was your idea to keep talking about this out here and, and your, your disappointment with the listeners for not making you get a tattoo related to it is admirable because I could see this going the other way where you put it out there, you know, and you don't want to really draw too much attention to it so that we don't have some ridiculous tattoos. I mean, this is just extremely motivating, I would assume, to everyone out there listening to try and get a little bit more creative with these tattoos, to try and get a little weirder with these tattoos um, to see what we can put on your body. So just good for you, Steve. Listen, I'm a team player, Trent. I want this to happen. I wouldn't have thrown this out if I didn't want this to happen. I wanted to get blown away by the amount of reviews coming in and and crazy tattoo ideas. The good news is we still, there's still time. There is. To to make this happen, right? And that's why I bring it up, Mike. I'm I'm scrolling through the list here and there are good ideas, right? There are good, you know, tattoo ideas here, but we can do better. Like just a quick glance, my favorite so far is, I guess it would just be like the words. We could come up with like a cool way to put it, but someone wrote, it's better to have peaked too early than to have never peaked at all. I mean, that's inspiring. It's a nice little thing. In fact, I kind of want to incorporate that into some merch down the road. I kind of like it, but we can do much better than that. We, I mean, I might get, I might get that. that tattooed on me even without this. Cookie. It's very this nice. Yes. <laughs> I actually don't even know if it was a tattoo review or that was someone's like actual review of the podcast, but we're going with it. Yeah. So step it up. There's still time. Like we said in previous episodes, if you've already done a review, then that, that's fine. How many people in your life do you know that have an iPhone, have an iTunes account? Just grab their phone, put a quick review and put a tattoo idea, you know, and let's get weird with it. So, all right, let's kick off the bell app. Mike, what do you got for people on the bell app? We just dove deep into some cross country. And I know I've shouted this out once before already. But just because we dug deep into some random cross country meet, don't, don't let you think that we are backing down from SEC cross country. Still all in on that. Either that or I'm going to keep saying it until I speak it into existence. But we do in a couple weeks have the SEC championship coming up the end of the month and i am gonna start brainstorming some ideas but i'm gonna go in hard on this we should make a game we should do something if you have any ideas let us know but i'm pumped we're like 10 days away at this point from sec cross country championship the first championship of the cross country season gotta have it so stay tuned trent what do you got people on the bell app yeah i was just thinking i think the boys here might might be getting together for um the sec championship potentially so there's going to be some good betting going on. I am sure we'll have a good little viewing party, at least for ourselves. Um, but Socially I did distant. Want to, what's that? Socially distant viewing party. Of course. Of course. Uh, I did want to bring up something that we have refused to kind of bring up this summer because the Red Sox stink. 
But uh, shout out to Mookie Betts for for taking the team there and for being so good. He is like the ultimate Boston athlete that I've never felt like less ill will for for kind of you know he got traded out of course, but maybe even like talking about maybe one move on because uh, I think the Red Sox ownership was completely cheap and they cheaped out on it and they they ripped us off after paying the most expensive ticket prices and beer prices in baseball for the last you know three decades or whatever and they couldn't afford to pay Mookie Betts. It was ridiculous. So anyways, um, it's fun to see like uh, have a World Series something that I think a lot of us weren't sure if we're gonna have this year. Uh, so it's fun that baseball is kind of back like that and I'm rooting for Mookie. So my bell lap is a little bit somber. Today, lead singer of the outfield, the man who sings your love, the man who sings Josie, passed away. Rest in peace, Tony Lewis. So in his honor, Mike, hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a vacation far away. Covering and talking over. So many things that I want to say. You know I like my girls a little bit older. I just want to on the amplifier and he said write this down Josie's on a vacation far away so I've still got the original lyric sheet I've still got that line that paper with all the borrow marks on it and all the words come around talk it over something and I sang it Josie's on a vacation yeah that'll work that's a good little pop song we didn't know it was going to be as big as it is now you know and it's, it was written so quickly was Josie a real person who was Josie no it's just not it's not a, it's not a true story but yeah. I like putting a positive spin on a tragic story you see just cause you're like I don't mean I'm wrong I know